0: Hello, everyone, and welcome, fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts, to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode, we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host, Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. Welcome back, everyone. For this week's episode, I wanted to touch down on a topic that is gaining quite a bit of momentum. That topic is being a traveling body piercer. As we see, the demand for a unique individual that can seamlessly cover days or even weeks at high-end studios is becoming greater. It is becoming clear that this is a viable option for a body piercer that brings us to this week's guest the journeyman himself nicholas adams nicholas has been piercing in this industry for a number of years and exclusively traveling the country working in some of the most well-known studios across america so without further ado listen in as we see what it takes to be a rambling man in this industry
1: My name is Nicholas Adams. Uh, I go by Nicholas the Geezer online. I've been body piercing for 16 years. The last almost two years, I've exclusively traveled. I have no home base for a shop. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm rarely ever home. And this is kind of what made me fall in love with body piercing. So when I started to get burnt out, I was like, well, what, what made me fall in love with it? And yeah, traveling was it. So I started traveling.
0: Now, how long were you in a shop before you ended up deciding to travel across
1: the country and all over the place? Um, I was at that particular shop called Visions in Medway, Massachusetts. I was there for almost four years, which historically, I don't really I don't usually work anywhere longer than, longer than three years, but that's okay. You know, you gotta, you gotta branch out. I mean, all all the shops that I worked at prior to that shop, that was my first APP shop and my first high-end shop. All the shops I worked at before that, um, you know, were an uphill battle to improve my situation. And, you know, uh, I didn't see a point in working at those for longer than that, because, you know, eventually with someone who has a short-sighted business plan, you're going to hit a brick wall where they don't want to invest in their business anymore. You know, they become stagnant and it's good enough. So those places I just didn't want to work at anymore.
0: Right. And I can understand. that You're extremely well known for traveling around the country and working from a few days to a few weeks. Can you tell us how you fell into that? What made you decide to take on that career change instead of just hanging out at one location?
1: Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I got uh, I got really burnt out on body piercing. I mean, I had been doing it every, you know, every week, anywhere from five to seven days a week. You know, and doing it for that long, it's a long time and and i just uh i grew to like you know i don't know resent it a little bit, so I just like took a breather and I kind of felt like uh I needed a change and i uh I had just gotten married, and you know we were kind of trying to decide what was gonna be the best thing for us financially, and we kind of i was thinking about it and it was more like two birds, one stone, you know, what made me fall in love with body piercing was going on. the Yeah. Seeing all the old timers bouncing around and hanging out together and, um, you know, going wherever, you know, I, one thing I'll always remember is, um, the picture of like Ron and Chris in Mexico and they're like getting arrested, you know, like stuff like that, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so I, you know, I felt like, cause I had guest spotted before this, but just, you know, not as, uh, heavily. I felt like, you know, I, it would be much more equitable for me to guest full-time. So, uh, you know, we had to save up a bunch of money for a immigration lawyer because my wife's Canadian and uh, I'm going there. I'm not bringing her here. So, uh So, yeah, it was just the best way to like save up that amount of money the fastest and, you know, also create a passion for body piercing from a different angle.
0: Do you find it appealing to just travel just to meet people? Do you find it appealing to find like pierce and find out different trends in different areas? Is there one thing that kind of speaks to you more than others, or is it just generally the overall
1: experience? Uh, it's it's everything, every aspect of it. You're gonna teach, but you're gonna learn. One thing that I love is like every time I get too big for my britches, I bump into an old timer, and they just like spank me, and you know what I mean. Like they just put me back in my place and like humble me out, and it's that alone sticks out in my mind as like one of the best things that could be happening to me career-wise you know but you see so much you learn so much Uh, One thing that's like you know uh, immeasurable is going to these different studios and seeing the way they're facing jewelry, you know uh, how they're uh, laying everything out, how their clients are viewing it, because you know you can watch and see what's working and what's not when a client walks in the studio, and you can take that and really um, rack up those kinds of things for when you do settle somewhere. You know you're you are making yourself such an asset to a shop when they do pin you down and and you have a full-time job at one spot, you know? Um, And, and, you know, watching different techniques, I learned how to do nostrils inside out from a piercer who's been piercing, like, I want to say two, three years maybe. And he was just like, oh, this is the easiest thing in the world. Let me show you. And he showed me once and it clicked where I had seen other people do it a million times and I never understood what they were doing.
0: Right. I think it's important because it, like you said, it allows you to go around, travel, see different techniques see how people act. And I think that's really good because it keeps you humble, but also keeps you trying to learn new things, not staying on the same level or just thinking that you know everything.
1: Well, you know, um, I think one reason that I really value it is because um, when I was like in my first high volume shop, Not high quality, but definitely high volume. You know, I became the head piercer in less than a year and I was never working with anybody else. And it sucks when you're the guy who is the most qualified and you don't have anybody to like bounce ideas or techniques off of. It sucks. And I I think maybe that's how you get super burnt out easily. You know, I think it definitely adds to it is like when you're the top dog, it just sucks. There's no reason to get better. There's no reason to learn more, right? You're you're gonna stay at the same pay grade, gonna be the best in your tiny bubble. But when you expand and go outside that bubble, you you really realize like that you don't know anything. It's great. Oh, it's so
0: when I own classy body art, it was just me being the piercer there. I did get a little annoyed with the fact that in order for me to bounce ideas off people, I had to call or Facetime or send pictures or things like that, so that I was allowed or not allowed. I was able to get some feedback from other people and i and we've discussed on this show multiple times before how important it is to not even guest spot but go and shadow people because it allows you to get a different perspective get a different view and allows you to bounce ideas off people as well
1: yeah if um if I had never gone and uh, I shadowed this piercer, his name was Little Joe, and he's like a, a Connecticut legend, just a real character, you know? But if I had never gone and introduced myself to him and shadowed him, I probably would have just thought I was doing great with externally threaded 99 cent body jewelry, you know? I would have thought that that's what you did, and uh, you know? And if it wasn't for him, he, I would have never known about the Association of Professional Piercers. I would have never Known about great shops in my area because, you know, at that time I had such that, you know, biker tattoo shop mentality. They're down the street, they're my competition. You know, little Joe was telling me, go to, um, you know, go to Black Diamond, introduce yourself to Georgina, you know, stuff like that, just stuff I never would have understood. And he had a statum that was on a tool chest, and his son, like, turned the tool chest into a robot. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll never forget that either.
0: Now, do you find it easy to go from shop to shop and and transition easily into their staff? Or do you find that that gives you a little bit of troubles?
1: Um, I mean, the way that I look at it is like, you know, I look at it like making a sandwich. You know what I mean? You have, you know, if you give me the bread and you give me the cheese and you give me the whatever, I can make a sandwich. So when you go somewhere, as long as they have all the things that you need, you should still be able to do your piercings in the same amount of time that it would take you in your home shop where you're more comfortable. And I think that comes from doing uh, tattoo conventions. You know what I mean? if you can do a good piercing and do it in the same amount of time you would at home with like some drunk jagaloon screaming at you from the ropes, then you should totally be able to do it wherever, you know what I mean? And and you should be able to zone them out and make your client, you know, not make them, but, you know, kind of hold their hand, you know, lead them along to zoning all that stuff out and giving them a good experience. You know, it, I think the thing that you got to catch and it'll probably take you a day or two is the flow, the way that they do things, you know, we leave the paperwork here, we pull the jewelry and put it here. So that everything is there for you and it's really self explanatory, but every shop does that differently.
0: I have noticed that in my travels as well. They're not as numerous as yours, but been I've been down to Dandelion and MJ, born this way, and everyone has a very unique way of doing it. And one of the things that I've always tried to do is when I do guest in certain places, me personally, I want to seamlessly flow into that shop and not disrupt anything so that it's like there's not a hiccup or a change of a person or anything like that. And I found that that to be really strategic and helpful for me because it's not like, oh, you're not my regular piercer or, you know, I wish so-and-so was here or anything like that.
1: Really, I love that stuff. I love that when they're like, oh, I usually get so-and-so. I'm just like, I'm going to win you over. And by the end of this, you're going to be like, can I hug you? And I'm going to say, yeah.
0: I can understand that viewpoint as well. I mean, different strokes for different things. For sure. I just... And you definitely do have quite a strong personality, not in the negative aspects. uh,
1: Trust me, Will, I know I'm a hard pill to swallow. Um, (laughs) Everyone I meet is like, you're married? She must be so patient. And I'm like, you got no idea.
0: (laughs) Like I said, you know, I like to just flow in and flow out so that there doesn't seem to be a hiccup in in the work step. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, no, for sure. I totally get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. I just mean, you know, when somebody does say, oh, I usually get so-and-so, you know, and they, they don't have, like, disappointment in their voice, but you could tell they, like, really wanted to have an experience with that person. I just try my hardest to, like, give them the very best experience I can and, uh, you know, make sure that it, the the entire experience wasn't a disappointment for them.
0: Right. And I think that's equally just as valid and just as important. With all that being said, what advantages do you think the career of being a traveling body piercer has over being a more sedentary piercer, like one that stays in just one location that doesn't move
1: around? Well, again, you know, just seeing and working with other people is, you know, going to increase your skill set so fast because, you know, you're absolutely able to see things broken down. Like, you know, if I'm in one place and I'm the piercer, and I have to call you or FaceTime you to discuss ideas or procedures or techniques, I'm not going to get it as well as if you and I are in the back, we're sharing a coffee, you are explaining to me the theory of what you're about to do. And then as soon as you're done, you know, with your coffee, your seven minute or whatever, you know, eight minute statum cycle, we go in the other room and you do exactly what you just explained to me on the client. And I get to see it in practice. You'll, you will never have a more valuable tool than that, you know? Um, and and I mean, the other thing is just seeing the vast difference in clientele, how they heal, how they swell. Um, you know, uh, Joyner used to say, um, You know, how I tell people on this side of the hill to heal is completely different than how I tell people on that side of the hill to heal. That's so true. You're going to see a million different, uh, you know, aftercares, right? And they're all specific to that region. So when you go home and somebody from, you know, uh, Minneapolis comes in or wherever and says, oh, well, my piercer said to heal like this, you're not going to have that attitude of like, oh my God, they're totally wrong. I know everything because you don't know everything and they might not be wrong. You just might not know. You know what I mean? It's it's uh I really can't stress enough how important the humbling of traveling is, because when you're in one area and things are cut and dry, you don't know it all, but you're going to convince yourself you do. And that's that's crippling.
0: I agree. And when I travel to places, one of the things that I first ask is I go ahead and I ask them directly, how much room do you give for swelling? What are your standard sizes? And then my personal thing that I always ask at the end is what do most of your clients like take pride in? so for example like whether it be purses or nails or, or hair or makeup or you know because most of our client are, is women and like for example in rochester it is nails makeup hair that's that's the jam down in atlanta though for example it nails and accessories and stuff like that so it does vary from like place to place so it is important to know not only how the client reacts but also how your
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the conversation I usually have. Like if, the, if somebody's picking me up at the airport when I come in, that's, that's roughly the conversation I have. You know, I'll say, uh, you know, this is my aftercare speech. I'm going to tell it to you. And then you let me know what I need to change in order to fit your studio.
0: That's a great tactic to have. Another really good tactic, like I've stressed in the past, and I'll stress it again, is how important well-trained uh, counter counter professionals are, mm-hmm. so that they can fill you in on those. Because those are the typically are the ones who give aftercare or know the clients when they come in or answer the phone calls when they have issues and things like that. And they're an incredibly valid or a, incredibly valuable.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, so I used to have two things I would call, um, you know, the the front of the house. Um, And now since that episode that I listened to of yours, I've really just dropped it down just to one, the most respectful, uh, I just call them client managers, you know? Yeah, that's great too. Yeah. Uh, I think about it literally every time I address I think about that episode and like this dark cloud of shame comes over me where I'm just like, I can't call you a counter kid because you're so much more than that.
0: Right. And don't don't get me wrong. There are counter kids They they do exist, but you can definitely tell and understand when someone has it. I, I refer to them as queen bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you have someone who knows when everyone's going to be there, who handles everything that comes to the door, that lets you know everything that's going on. Those are queen bees. Like, of course, there's kids who are going to come in and just work this because it's a cool kid job to have with college and stuff like that. But then there are people that come in and it is like live, breathe that shop, make sure everything function well. And I've said it before, and another way of putting it is, think of every person that works at a shop to be gears in a machine. And if the gears don't have any grease the machine just stops. And more often than not, the front end staff, the queen bees, the client managers, those are the grease that makes the shop work. And without them, it kind of grinds to a halt and has a whole bunch
1: of issues. Right, right. Yeah, no. I So I used to say, if you're doing your job well, you're a client manager. If you're doing your job poorly, you're a counter kid. And then I decided... That
0: makes sense too.
1: Yeah. Well, then I just decided that I'm just some turd and like, who am I to be making these kids feel bad about their job, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to, to touch base on as well. We've all heard horror stories of people guesting in certain areas and, and them just being absolutely terrible to, whether it be apprentices or, you know, counter staff and things like that. There, there's nothing that is going to help you by degrading someone, by making them feel bad, by just coming into town, coming into their life, coming into their business, making them feel terrible and then just packing
1: up your shit and leave. Yeah, no, that's uh that is not beneficial for. And the thing is too is like even right I, I get it. You have 10 years. But yeah, so like I get it. Like you're 10 years older than this person or whatever. And you think that they're just some dumb kid who, like, smokes cigarettes or, you know what I mean? They're, like, being annoying and they got to go outside and smoke and text somebody or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is, like, when you were their age and you you had a, a job, you know, weren't you doing the same thing? Weren't you, like, I got to go outside for a minute or whatever? You know, don't be rude to these kids just because they're kids. Because that's how I feel it is a lot of times, you know what I mean? You're, like, picking up. them and you're hazing them because you're assuming that they want to pierce so you gotta like they gotta earn it or whatever you know what I mean don't be a dickhead for all you know person is going to have an amazing job they're gonna have an amazing life they're probably gonna make way more money than you you know but uh for whatever reason you think that because you're a piercer that you get some weird power thing and you get to be mean to them. That's not how it works, man. You know what I mean? That's terrible. And I was I was rude to a client manager and I was rude to like the queen of the client managers. But I thought I was just making a joke and I pushed the joke a little bit too far and I apologized to her for it literally every time I talk to her because I feel so fucking bad.
0: Yeah, it is one of those things where I understand, you know, you've been traveling around or like this industry for like 10 years or or something like that. And it, it drives me wild because you may have that all under your belt, but you have no idea what this person has done with their life. You have no idea what their training is. You have no idea what they've done to sacrifice for the shop. And it is just an ego power trip. It really is. If you want to be like a big, tough guy, just do it on the Internet or just... You know, start boxing or, or something similar, but there's really no need for it. I'm, I'm glad that you understand that, too, because when you travel around, you probably see it or have heard stories of people in similar situations. And unfortunately, there's been a few individuals that have left a kind of uh, a terrible wake in their path. But I mean, hopefully as an industry, we accept that this is a thing that is unacceptable. And try to move forward from
1: there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, just like you're saying, you know, there's you get more flies with honey. But you know what I mean? Same coin, different side. If somebody sucks at their job, you don't have to kiss their ass. You don't have to be nice to them just because they're working there. I mean, be civil, but you don't have to be like, oh, my God, you're the best counter staff I ever had. You can give them constructive criticism. Right. And that's
0: that is a valid point, too. If you're in a situation and you don't know what's going on or or you don't like something, just be like, hey, I understand that you do things one way. And that's how it is done here. I was like, I'm finding difficulty understanding that or doing that. Could you please do that or please do this for me? And that way we can find like an easy like ebb and flow and get it going, because They are important to your position there, but you at the same time have to do a good job while you're there as well. Otherwise, you may not come
1: back. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, something that uh, Colin and I always talk about is every guest spot is a potential job interview. That's the truth. You don't know. You have no idea where you're going to be in five years. You might, you know, you might need a job in you know, wherever Asheville or wherever you are. So you, regardless of your situation, you should be doing your very best job always so that your clients have the very best experience. Cause at the end of the day, you have to remember it's not about you. It has nothing to fucking do with you. You're a facilitator. That's it. Right. Your client is the one having the experience and whether it's because they want a cool naval ring to have for, you know, for summer to like look cool with their bikini or because, you know, they were the victim of sexual abuse and they need a genital piercing to reclaim their body. It's about them. You know, I always
0: tell every client that comes in to see me, I may be the body piercer here, but you're the client, you're the person getting pierced. So you're the one in control here. So if there's anything you need, any questions you have, even if you want to ask me my favorite
1: ice cream, which is pistachio, you can go
0: ahead and just ask. And I, I think that's very valuable to have for your, for your potential clientele.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. The thing that I always say is, you know, especially if I have to get like dad voice on them, you know, tell them to behave, calm down, put their phone away, whatever. I always follow that up with, but Hey, it's your experience. You know, I want to do a good piercing on you, but if this is how you have to deal with it, you know, by all means, go ahead. Um, especially, you know, if they're like tensing up or squeezing the, 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 um, massage table or something like that, you know, I tell them, you know, it's, If you tense up, it's going to be an unpleasant experience, but it's your experience. So like, if you don't believe me or you don't want to take a deep breath in, that's totally cool. That's your, your deal. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm merely here to help.
0: And everybody does things like a tad different. If I see him tensing up and things like that, I usually ask the queen bee of the shop that i'm at to come hold a hand for like a minute or two that usually helps me out too um Mm -hmm. but then again like i mean i've seen you work i don't think you've ever seen me work but i am like loud huge comforting like fill the room with energy kind of guy that's just how i i roll so everyone experiences things a little bit differently and i can see the advantage of doing it the way that you described as well
1: yeah you I mean, like I've seen so many people work over the past so, almost two years. You know what I mean? And even before that, I've watched so many people work. I was fortunate enough to live right down the street from Rockstar Body Piercing in Providence. And that was like that. That shop was what made me be like, huh, maybe I know enough people to where I can guest spot. That was how I did like my first go away guest spot was Through Rockstar, because I would guest there occasionally, which really when you live down the street, is it guesting? I think it's more just like covering somebody's shift. But anyway, so Jeff, the owner, you know, told me how to go about guesting at other studios that are far away. So the first one I did was on the other side of the country in California. And side note, Cody didn't know that I had never guested before. And he just left me to his shop to like run everything, the POS, sweep, mop, clean, do the whole, you know, cause it's, it was a one man show. Right. And he just found out last year that I had never done that before. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, but, um, but you know, watching so many people work, you're going to see so so many different bedside manners. And the one that I, no matter who I watch work, I'm always really content with my bedside manner because I think it, it's the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? It's, you know, cool, calm, collected. And I don't, I don't think shamanic is the right word because I don't want to like get calluses, but you know what I mean? Like you're guiding them, right? Right. Through the experience. So it's, it's half that and it's half like Sam you know right where you're just like you're having a good time you're being funny you're kind of being modern and you're distracting them so you're you know what i mean you're doing both and it's i think that's like a a good way to go about it and that's that's like the the one that i see the most by people i respect the most
0: right with everything in life there's always another side to story. Why don't you discuss some of the things that many people don't think of that are negatives when it comes to traveling and, and being a traveling body piercer, such as like emotional impacts, stress and relationships, so on and so forth. Why don't you just dive into that a little
1: bit? Okay. Well, so, um, so uh, I don't think that I could do it this extensively if I was drinking or doing drugs. So like, I don't do either. I'm, you know, I'm nailed to the ax. I need a constant, right? Because you figure. <sighs> Like today I'm in Arizona, but before I came here, I was in Brooklyn, you know, and that time zone change fucks you up and you don't feel right and you're not sleeping right. And you're, you know, uh, you know, your meal times are now off and everything. You only have one day to reset and you're flying that fucking day. So it doesn't even really work. Um, the one thing that I have, that's a constant for me is I go to the gym, no matter where I am, I go to the gym almost every day. And that constant is like meditation for me. You know what I mean? I go spend like two hours at the gym. I really just focus. I mean, you know, it's like almost um, mechanical, you know what I mean? But that's like great for me to center myself and like become a human being again. Because outside of that, you know, trying to stay healthy, trying to eat right, trying to get enough sleep, uh, you know, trying to maintain a relationship, super difficult. You know what I mean? My marriage has fallen apart uh, more than once, you know, because of travel. And it's so silly that like the light at the end of the tunnel was having enough money to pay for immigration so that I could be with my wife, you know, but yeah, man, like it's fucking taxing, you know, you go days without speaking to each other sometimes just because there's no fucking time, you know what I mean? You get up, you go to work, you work for fucking 12 hours, some places, you're in different time zones. And at that shop, you're fucking slammed. So you're stoked because you're making money. But then, you know, trying to do this delicate balance of like maintaining a healthy relationship or even just fucking communicating anything is just so difficult. And you can't, you can't convey some things via text in between clients. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. So, you know, I've lost friendships because I'm fucking busy. You know what I mean? Like, you're not there to fuck around. You're there to to work and then enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? Because at night, you get out at 11 o'clock at night, but there's an awesome restaurant down the road. You know, you're going to go to that restaurant, right? Because when the fuck is the next time you're going to be... Wherever it is, you know, Akron, Ohio or whatever. I went to a nice Italian place there.
0: (laughs) I understand that too. Case in point, everyone's relationships are different. I'm an old man. Like I'm 33. I know that everyone's like, that's not that. I'm 33. I have the mentality of like seven. I want to stay at home. I want to pet my dogs. I want to sleep in the same bed as my missus. And go like once you hit around that like seven day mark. I just want to go home. Like I just look forward to going home. So it's impressive that you can go this super long time because not everyone can. I can't. It's just a thing that I do. Like I'll go for like a little over a week. Or what I'll do is I'll plan a week out, have the missus come out at the end, spend a little bit of time where I go and then come back. So everyone, everyone does it a little different and more power to you because I don't think it's something that I could do in regards to being away from home. So
1: yeah, I mean, um, you know, as I I don't know, you just need like these, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess you just need these constants, right? Because I mean, don't get me wrong. I would give anything to be able to live with my wife and maintain a successful career and i don't mean among my peers because, you know, no offense. I love all of you, but you're not paying my fucking bills. You exactly. know, you're just like, you know, verbally giving me a hand job every once in a while on an Instagram post, which is tight and it makes me feel really good. And I try to reciprocate that as much as possible. I would love to just like have stability. And there's sometimes when I'm just like, so fucking depressed and so fucking burnt out and i just like am like i fucked up doing this was a fucked up decision but then you realize all the good experiences you're having, and you look back on all the fun times, or you look back on, you know, how amazing it was when, you know, uh, <clears throat> you took 10 days off and you and your wife went to Calgary, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and like how excited you guys were to see each other. So there's good and bad, you know what I mean? D- distance definitely makes the heart grow fonder for sure, but the difficulty in remembering the good times when the bad times hit for sure is rough. And something I think about, you know, when you say, like sleep in my bed with my missus. You know that dude, Nick Offerman, the actor? Yes. So him and his wife don't take jobs that keep each other apart for more than seven days. And I always think about that. I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. But it's just not, I mean, he makes much more money than I do, so it's not financially uh, feasible, you know. But, um, but like a, a great part about being on the road is like you seek out these constants, right? You know, just drawing, reading, going to the gym, um, you know, just making these healthy choices for your mind and your body, you know, so that you have some kind of stability are are great you know i always had trouble sticking with things growing up you know what i mean i would do something and if i wasn't fucking amazing at it right away i just fucking give up but like i feel like traveling has made me be like no i'm gonna i'm gonna really like buckle down and get fucking good at this you know what i mean like whether it be drawing or you know reading about a skill and like learning that skill or whatever, you know what I mean? I recently taken up uh, photography as well, which is a lot of fun. Just like, man, there's so many cool things to do and you can do them all while you're moving. You don't need, you know, a stable stable place, four walls and the ceiling, you know what I
0: mean? Right. When I travel too, I know that it's really funny because when I go to a new area, the first question that I usually ask is like, hey, do you guys have a nerd store here? Because no matter where I go, my constant is I can play my nerd games. Like I can throw like, you know, a few things in my bag and play games with local groups, which is a lot of fun for me, but it's not for everyone. I do like run in the mornings and then I play my nerd games at night, but I definitely can appreciate having something that feels familiar, that doesn't feel like a change to your routine, being able to travel with you all over.
1: Yeah, I saw this uh this fucking I'm gonna say it like this, ready? Go for it. I saw this I saw this Mimi and uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> saw this Mimi and um, it was like a dude sitting next to a billboard with a bunch of people and it was like uh, it said something like this is why I listen to podcasts so I don't feel alone I listen to so many fucking podcasts and I guarantee you that's the God's honest that's probably why you know what I mean like I, I don't have any uh, I, I mean like you know totally you get to spend time with your friends but like you're not traveling with your friends or like the, my buddy that I'm staying with right now in Phoenix I've known him since 2005 and he's one of my best friends but he goes to bed at like eight o'clock at night because he works a real job right you know and uh so you know from like eight o'clock at night till i go to bed at like one i'm totally alone you know so you gotta like you just gotta own it i guess and really be like yeah that is why i listen to podcasts and you know what i'm gonna learn about american history so
0: Yeah, I used to listen to him quite a bit when I was doing like morgue attendant kind of anatomical gift thing. Like if if it's in the middle of the morning and I'm like doing an embalming, I'm listening to a podcast because it's way less creepy to hear other voices than than just the voice inside your head when you're kind of doing that stuff, so... I can definitely understand right, right. that. Lastly, on this topic, would you recommend this career path for other piercers? Would you advise no, against it?
1: I've, no, I've monopolized the market. There's no work. <laughs> Don't even think about it. No, uh, would I recommend it? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's uh, it's th- the best way to learn the most shit the fastest. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's the best way to get the chair kicked out from under you. And that's like, you can't even put a number on how valuable that is. Because you got to remember, at the end of the day, you're literally some dickhead with a neck tattoo. You know what I mean? That's that's totally what you are. Like I the stuff that I see, my peers, people that I love and respect their work. The stuff that I see them post or say online and remember, the internet is forever. You think it's gone. It's not gone. That's there. That's always going to exist. Whatever you say is there forever and it's obtainable by somebody somewhere. So, like the self importance, the backpadding, I I mean, I always say, to my wife i'm just like this boy's gonna break his neck he keeps trying to suck his own dick just like it's i've just never seen it anywhere else you know what i mean and it's so comical to me but at the same time it's super sad
0: when you look at that whole topic in general there's a difference between being proud and then being arrogant and you know you can be proud of your work and be happy of the things you do and you'll see a lot of people thank their clients and thank everyone for a busy day like that's that's more often than not genuine but then you're in the People are like going ahead and like showing how many tips they made. Like, come on.
1: Okay, so let's talk about that really quick. Ready? <laughs> Go three, for it. Here's the three things I fucking hate when people do. Don't pay, don't post a screen cap of your fucking Yelp review. Do not post a shot of like, you know, 320s and be like, this is a tip from one person. It's not fucking cute. And then the other thing that I fucking hate, do not post a picture of like some janked up shit that came down from down the road, okay? Because when you do that, what that says to me is there's two candles burning, yours and the guy down the road, right? You're trying to blow his out. But I promise you, your candle will not be burning any brighter. So get your shit together. Worry about what you're doing because that dude doesn't fucking cost you any money and he doesn't make you any money. So stop worrying about him. Just do your shit. Do the best work possible. Don't post mediocre work because mediocre uh, mediocrity breeds mediocrity. And posting his mediocre bullshit is going to bring mediocre bullshit into your show.
0: And we definitely are going to touch down on that topic. The only reason why I haven't done an episode about it yet is because it does make me so hot. Usually it cracks me up because after people make posts, they message me and they're like, do you want to yell at me about it? Because I get the, the Will Von Dad personality that's like, hey,
1: Ooh, I you, like that. you
0: shouldn't do it. Who is it? Rob Wilson always makes a post and he was like, oh no, is Will Von Dad going to show up? Because I let people know. I'm like, hey, that's a terrible thing to do. You should take it down. It just makes you look like an idiot. You know, if you're not one of the two people arguing, both of you look wrong. So don't do it. But, you know, we'll touch, we'll touch base on that too. But it is one of those things that a lot of people don't realize that, especially with, On this topic, when you come to guest spotting, your online persona, personality, content, all of those things are things that people look at before they invite you to their shop. Because the last thing that they're going to do is invite someone to their shop who's posting like half nudes or, you know, like, look at this like asshole kind of thing. You know, it's just don't do those things.
1: So here's I'm going to touch on something with you. I disagree about the half nudes thing. The reason that I do is because it's 2017. One, own your fucking body and do whatever the fuck you want with it. Two, we're in an industry of vanity. So, you know, being comfortable in your own skin, you can't put a number on that. People, I think clients enjoy that. Um, I think it's not aggressive if it's done right, you know? And I just feel like so many people fucking knock it. And I I just don't understand why. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. I can name two places I've guest spotted where they literally told me that I can't post pictures on the internet in my underwear. I shit you not, those were verbatim words they said to me. And I was just like, yeah, totally. I've done done way more stuff that I didn't want to do for a paycheck. So I don't care. That's fine.
0: Counterpoint to your argument. Let me be exceptionally clear on this statement like i am not Go for it. i'm not you know slut shaming i'm not nudity shaming i do
1: believe that are you are you a never nude am i am i never nude yeah shorts all the time
0: uh no there's so many of them although- <laughs> the the big thing is is when i state you know like doing like half posted like you know nudes or anything like that is when i look at someone's instagram and they're like i am a body piercer whatever like that and 80 to 90% of your content is basically like half nudes and then like boop, like one picture of a piercing. Like I I can understand it and if that's the way that you want to market that's totally cool. For me on the other hand though I really I really believe when you have a business page which is a lot of people what they have they do have personalities and I do think it's fine to mix in your personality with your business page but on the same note like you want your your professional content to outweigh the additional content. Does that make sense?
1: Um, yes and no. Um, yeah, to my peers, I'm sure that makes me look better. I'm positive it does. And if I'm in a, you know, if I'm in one location and I'm not traveling, then what do I care what my peers think? You know what I mean? I'm there to market myself to my demographic. And to me, if taking a you know a picture at the gym in super short shorts with no shirt on, if I think that that's what my followers are into, or if that's what they're going to give me a good response on, that's what I'm going to do because it's going to put my my picture on the explore page, and then people in the city that I'm in that I'm ha- you know um uh what do they call it like tagging the location or whatever are gonna see that and then go to my page and look at my work then fuck it yeah why not i understand
0: your points i do i think this is a topic that you and i are just going to continually disagree on uh which is fine because everyone's entitled to their own opinion
1: oh no no but don't i mean don't get me wrong i totally see the cons too i do yeah I it's really
0: it, do. there's always two sides to every coin so the, so for me When I owned a studio, like those are things that I take into consideration because that doesn't fit my clientele, but it could fit someone else's clientele. So I I understand it. And if you want to market yourself, that's cool. There is a demographic for it. But on the same note, there's also a demographic for not doing it. I mean, it's, it's just depends on the area that you're in and things like that. But
1: once, once again, no, absolutely, man. I, I completely agree with you. I really do. Um. I, the way that I feel about it though, is that it's beneficial for us to not tell anybody what the fuck to do with their body. Oh, I'm not telling any, anything whatsoever. Oh yeah, no, 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 I know. I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm too Tumblr out right now. No, I mean,
0: it makes, it makes sense. It is a tightrope to walk and it's basically telling someone that they shouldn't do it for their business leans one way. And then telling someone that it brings them business is the other way. You know, and you got to keep a happy balance.
1: I guess the reality of it is, though, is if you disagree with it, though, you're not like telling that person, like, I don't agree with what you're doing. You're just saying, I'm not going to ask them to I'm not going to invite them to my studio. And that's the end of it. You're not actually telling them what to do with their body. Right. You're you're speaking
0: you're just, with your ducats.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: and, and it makes sense. It, it, it does. It, it is just it's one of those things where you. Half the industry sees it one way the other half sees it the
1: other way. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know, man. Just fucking be young, wild, and free. Do whatever the fuck you want. Who cares?
0: My other question for you in that regard is, do you think it could be harmful for your career if you've based your notoriety on, you know, scandalous pictures or whatever? And then as you get older, you kind of run out of gas in that department and then you have to rely on the skills that you've made? Like, that's a valid concern. <laughs>
1: Holy fuck. Out of gas, man. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 don't,
0: I don't think we've really had a chance uh, to see if that can occur, to be honest with you. Because this, like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. I mean, we're both old men. Like, that, that shit started to show up when I was, like, 25. So, there's, like, we're the last generation that didn't have that when we were kids. Everyone yeah. after us has had it. So, I mean, unfortunately there's not enough data out there for us to collect it to actually see if it has a long-term effect on if you use it as your primary, you know, source for source for followers or anything like that.
1: I I mean, I think any, anything with an expiration date and I think a a body piercing skill set certainly has an expiration date as well. I think that anything with an expiration date makes you be smarter with your money. If you're just blowing through your money and you, recognize that this has an expiration date you're a moron.
0: Right and I mean that's the reason why I'm going back to school like my wife said something to me that struck me to the core and that was a while ago and she knows I don't want to go back to funeral directing because it sucks the life and the soul directly out of you and you know like I enjoy body piercing but she's like what's going to happen when your eyes and your hands stop and as soon as she said that it like my finger went up to say something and I was like wow oh shit, like that is a scenario. (laughs) And that is why it's so vitally important. I tell people like, if you're going to get into this industry, like try to make sure you have a backup plan. I suggest going to school. Some people don't, but I'm actually going back to school to get another degree because I'm afraid of that scenario.
1: I think I'm just going to Kate Moss this shit. You know what I mean? Like I'll bump around. I'll be cool for a minute. Cause I mean, you have to remember any industry of vanity, you're a flash in the pan. You know what I mean? You don't get to be cool forever. So, you know, I'm going to bump around. I'm going to make all my networking connections. And then I'm going to open Nicholas, the geezer management, just like Kate Moss did, you know, we'll be an agency. I will, you know, I'll book you all your guest spots and I'll take like 70%. <laughs> oh man.
0: Well, <laughs> good luck to you in that business venture. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's uh that's up for me, but I, I mean, you have seen some of the older generation of body piercers now kind of fall to different careers or, or move over to shop ownership or management. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. We're in a kind of a fluid state of the industry right now. It's, it's going to go one way. It's going to go another. This might work. That might not. But I mean, the only way to, to actually find out about it is, is with with time.
1: Yeah. I mean, really our retirement plans are so limited, right? You could be a vegan black arm rock climber. You could be, uh, the straight edge guy who is really unhealthy and also like the worst immoral human being possible in every other way, shape and form. You know, it's just, there's so few choices and you, you got to pick the one that works for you. You know,
0: <laughs> like I know those are specific stereotypes, but I mean, It it is nice to see a conference this year. We did have a class on planning your retirement. And I think that's a very, I think that should be an every year class because I think it's really important for people to realize that because of how things are going in this country and planet. I know that you're leaving this one, going to another, and it may be a little bit better, but, you know, things stay somewhat the same in some regards. So I think it's just an important skill set for people
1: to get. With my with my imagination, I just pictured myself as uh, Robert is it Robert or Roger Applewhite? You know who I'm talking about? From yeah. Because you're like, I know you're leaving this this one. Yeah, I'm leaving this planet, man. We're getting on fucking hailbop, comment. Yeah, just see you later. So yeah,
0: so we kind of drifted around to a whole bunch of topics today. I think it was really good. We covered the the traveling, but then also a little bit about social media stuff, uh, especially because. You are super well-known on your Instagram. I think you just hit, what, like 14,000 followers,
1: something like that? Yeah. um, It's not shit until Coca-Cola starts to, like, drink a Coke on my page.
0: Oh, really? I'm just going to infer, if Andrew WK follows me, like, I'm just like, yep, I've succeeded. So, (laughs) stemming off of that.
1: Last time that you came up to my house and uh, we went to that bar and played pool, do you remember me telling you that Jeff uh, has hung out with him a bunch?
0: I know, and it drives me crazy. It makes yeah. me so mad. But stemming off of that, why don't you tell folks here how they can follow you and keep up with your travel and adventures?
1: Okay, so I got a couple of things going on. So right now, just on my Instagram, it's Nicholas the Geezer. If you follow me on there, I'm always posting the next three to four piercing spots I'll have. Um, I'm going to be doing that until September. In September, I'm going to shoot over to England and I'll be teaching a versatility and techniques class at the UK APP, which is going to be a lot of fun. I had a lot of help. Um, putting that together from, uh, Dustin Scholier. from, uh, he's at rockstar body piercing now, but he's, he's another guy that's hopped around a lot. Um, he's super intelligent and it pisses me off how like critically he thinks about piercing and the kid just blows my mind whenever we talk about it to the point where like, I just don't even want to talk to him about it. Cause he's so much better at it than me. But, um, so we're going to go do that and then I'm going to bounce around Europe while just shadowing, not even working, just watching people Um, because I've never seen the way they work in Europe. So why wouldn't I? You know, that's I I just feel like I'm going to learn so much and uh, then I'm going to cap it all off at uh, BMXNet and take some classes there in uh, Essen, Germany. And then the other thing that I'm working on that I'm really excited about is um, so my friend that I'm staying with here, uh, his name is David Brandstrader. He's a really great photographer. He's taken my photos wearing like Gorilla Glass and um, he took a bunch of my photos for Maya. If you want to follow him on Instagram, his Instagram is david.brandstrader. And uh, he and I are actually going to go to Mexico together Um, and we're just going to do some photography stuff. Um, we're going to shoot over to gorilla glass and check it out. Um, we're going to be in Mexico city. So we're going to check out a bunch of shops there and a bunch of like, uh, piercers and some heavy mod guys and just, uh, you know, cause I've never been to Mexico. I don't know how those guys are working. So we want to check it all out, you know? Um, and hopefully that's going to come out that Mexico trip we're going to release as like a, a cool little zine with some stories, some writing, and uh, a lot of photographs, you know?
0: That's right, bud. So I, uh, I wish you good luck in all your future adventures, traveling safe. Yeah, hopefully we'll hear again from the future, and we'll see what's up. You can follow Nicholas's travel plans and workout routines on his social media, which will be included in this week's show notes. As always, we suggest taking a moment to follow them on social media, as we love to give our guests support in their endeavors. I would also like to announce our first sponsor for Real Talk, a piercing podcast. Many of you will recall our interview with Mike Knight and his jewelry company, Other Couture Jewelry. He recently reached out and felt so passionately about the work we do here, he decided to help us cover the expenses that occur with running a podcast i want to thank him so much for helping us in that way but also for validating all the hard work we put in here so with that being said his links for other couture jewelry will appear in our show notes and also on our website we strongly suggest looking at the amazing designs that he has created especially since our last episode with him To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at RealTalkPiercingPodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.
1: constant truth that you're going to find at every studio is be genuine when you're saccharine and fake clients know that okay they're coming to you for a genuine experience and that is the least you can do be genuine be honest be sincere and be yourself because if you're talking to them and you're like this and everything is fake they're gonna know and they're gonna fucking hate you and they're probably gonna tip like shit Um, because you gave them some bullshit phoned in experience and that's not what they deserve. They deserve the best quality experience you can deliver to them. And the thing that you can give them that no one else can give them is you as a person, genuine, honest, and sincere.